into the world of digital sound. Hey there, welcome, welcome. This is Ken. This is the Ken Burton Podcast Story. And for this week, we have got one called Shot in the Dick. Okay. Um, <laughs> title kind of gives the game away a little bit, I guess. But um, we, will, we will examine this a little further. I don't mean we're going to examine my dick, but we are not going to sit here examining my dick. But a lot of this podcast story is about my dick. All right. It just is. It just is. Okay. So, um, where have I been? What have I been doing? I've been selling cars. I've been, uh, Christ, doing the usual shit. I went to Althorpe House today, actually. Um, People will wonder what the fuck is Althorpe House. It's where Princess Diana is buried, supposedly. Um, Amazing place. Absolutely amazing place. Full of history. I love history. And um, I don't know. There's a certain eeriness about about going to where she's buried um i know it's a bit it's a bit weird i i was around um 20 what was it 23 years ago now when uh when diana lost her life and it's a weird thing my my wife and i we'd only been in the house a year um and we we were new we we were new as a married couple we were still going through the honeymoon period we were you know there was there was a lot going on and um i remember her coming to me one morning she got up first and she came and woke me up and said uh, princess diana has been killed and i was like fuck so anyway we um i don't know to anyone else this had happened to if this had happened to the queen if this had happened to any other member of the royal family, I think, no one would have given a fuck. But uh, because it was Diana, uh, we we watched the funeral. We mourned with everyone else. We watched the funeral. We um, uh, watched it live on the telly as the, uh, the whole funeral thing took place. And then the coffin left London and people were throwing flowers. And then, uh, because it was only really down the road, it wasn't that far away from us, we actually drove down to the junction uh, that the coffin was going to come off the M1. And um, we stood there with hundreds and hundreds of other people um, just watching the coffin go by. And and I remember it vividly. It, it, it was uh, It's kind of like a part of my history. And then we we got home again in time to watch um, the coffin going into Althorpe. And, um, you know, we followed the thing for the whole day. And here we are, 20-odd years later, going down to visit visit the grave. It's a strange feeling. It's just a strange feeling. Everybody had an affinity with the woman, you know. Um, Everyone loved her. Far more than they loved the royal family, I think. And I think, especially at the moment, given um, Prince Andrew's latest. <laughs> oh, I have never thought very much of that guy. Never. He's always been some playboy tosser as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, I mean, Harry's a playboy, but Harry's one of the boys. But Andrew is just a twat. He's just a tosser who takes advantage of the money. That's all he does. Hey, there you go. I've said it. So anyway, um, yeah. um, Althorpe House, by the way, beautiful place. You really ought to go and have a look. I'm going to light a fag. Hold on. Mm. 
Mm. This uh, this podcast is audio only, which might, won't really mean a lot if you're listening to it on iTunes or anywhere anywhere else like that. But it is audio only. Um, I'm not going to stick my face on camera today. I can't be bothered. So um, it's on YouTube, it's on Podbean, it's on uh, Spotify, it's on iTunes, it's everywhere. So um, go and subscribe. Yay! And it's also uh, on YouTube, it's also a place where you can leave comments. And I read all the comments. I, I genuinely do read all the comments. So, uh, and some of them are brilliant. Some of them are just fucking hilarious, but there you go. So um, let's get on with this one uh, because... It is a forgotten podcast, sort of. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, it's not going to be an easy one to talk about, to be honest. All right, so um, let's get the uh, usual disclaimer out of the way. All any parts of this podcast may or may not be true. It is up to you, the listener, to decide whether or not you think any of it is or isn't. Um, put your comments in the comment section on the YouTube video, which is on the YouTube channel, which is Ken Button UK. And um, I'll go read your comments. Uh, also, all characters in this podcast are fictional unless stated otherwise. All right, just be aware of that. Now, um, I always I always do this, you know. I always talk about uh, for people who have never heard one of these before. But in, in reality, I don't get any new viewers or listeners to these. It's the faithful. It's the faithful. Every every fucking podcast I put out, the faithful are there and they listen to them. So you know my history, you know my story, you know what I did. Um, so I, in this one, fuck it, I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> if you want to know what I did and what I was and how I did it, then go and listen to one of the other ones. In fact, go and listen to all of the other ones and subscribe while you're there. Bloody hell. Um, right, okay. Oh, I'm going to throw this in the pot as well. I am actively considering... All right, just for you, the faithful, making some gaming videos of the new Call of Duty, actively considering it, but I don't know. I might do it, I might not. I haven't got any equipment now because uh, when I finished, um, I had kind of a, a clean out and gave literally all of my Elgatos and my Ava Medias and all of my recording equipment um, I gave it away to up-and-coming YouTubers. Um, so, and also there were the, my consoles and stuff. I gave them to a local charity. Uh, say too much about that. But um, so I haven't got that. All I've got now is the PS4. All I've got, no other equipment apart from a HDMI cable. <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't. I've got a box of cables, a load of other shit I never use. But um, uh, no, all of my equipment went. So I'd have to buy it all again if I did it. So thinking about it, but I'm not entirely sure. I need a drink on that. Mm. Mm. Wet. Okay, so <clears throat> this podcast story is called Shot in the Dick. And uh, this particular one starts relatively slowly. Um, me and the boys were given advance notice, right? And you've got to remember you're talking about 1983, probably, when this happened. So me and the boys are given advance notice, and uh, we know that we're going to be on a, a recce. Um, and 
we're going to be potentially offering to some support for something that's going down a couple of weeks hence. And quite a few of us were sent out over a period to this industrial estate where um, there were literally this place in the middle of fucking nowhere. Well, there was a village probably about two miles down the road. Um, but the industrial estate used to be a farm and the guy had turned it into like a business park type place. Only obviously a lot of the businesses failed because there's nothing but for sale and to let signs all over the place. I don't mm. Smoky. So, um, I, don't, I, I didn't really understand what it was about. And I didn't need to know, to be honest. Um, me and the boys were sent out in waves, go and sit around, spend the night in the car, sitting watching who's coming, who's going, and uh, seeing what's going on in this place. And we did that, as I say, over uh, maybe a two-week period. And we weren't the only ones. There was a lot of us kind of seconded to it. Uh, and then this this particular day, we'd gone to get instructions. And the guy, the member of the family that were giving us the instructions had said to us, okay, it's tomorrow. Uh, just be aware. And it's going to be early hours. And we were like, okay, so what do we do? He said, well, look, I mean, we're in the pub at the time. We were drinking. He said, look, put your beers down because I don't want any of you sleeping tonight. I'll give you a call. It's probably going to be two, three o'clock in the morning when I'll give you a call on the location. And what we need is three cars here, here and here. And he told me where to put the three cars. Well, uh, this this industri industrial estate was, it was probably only about three miles out of Leamington Spa. Okay, only about three miles out. And um, well, anyway, <laughs> uh, we put our beers down and we all went back to my flat. We'd been told, you know, the usual stuff. Um, you know, how are we going? Are we suited and booted? Are we tooled? Um, that means, do we have guns? Oh, God, that was Stewie Griffin. Wasn't that Stewie fucking Griffin? That was. I'm told we would have guns. <laughs> oh, cool whip. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we knew what we were doing. In this particular instance, we were um, basically jeans, T-shirts, black coat, black T-shirt, um, black jeans if we had them. Keep dark, keep your trainers on. And um, yes, you are going to be told. So, oh, happy days. We're um, back at my place. Uh, I got my my gun out of the cupboard. Uh, cupboard. <laughs> Locked cabinet, as it was then. And um, I made sure that it was okay. I, I cleaned it. Um, went through the bits and pieces. There must have been... And we, we needed something to do because we weren't drinking. So we turned the telly on. Some people were watching telly. There were four or five of us sat at the dining table cleaning guns. Um, the girls were there. They were chatting amongst themselves. I think one of them was in the kitchen crying because a boyfriend had left. I do remember that. But, um, you know, we were chatting away and, you know. And then about probably, I don't know, it must have been half two, phone rang. 
and it was my mobile that had gone and which was unusual because those things really were very bad back in those days you kids will never know the pain um you literally had to be sat under a fucking cell tower to get one of those things to work oh god i remember my first one you know um have i told you this before so i spent a fortune getting a car phone fitted and uh Because before the the mobile mobile came out, they fitted car phones. And I had a car phone fitted. And I'm driving this girl to work in the morning. The phone rang, and it's my mum. And she she said, where are you going? I said, "Um, oh, I've got to drive uh, such and such into town. I won't say her name. Into town so she can go to work. And she said, tell the lazy bitch to get the bus. (laughs) And she was on speaker. And such and such was in the car. I fucking told you she didn't like me. Yeah, I didn't like you much either, love. Uh, so anyway, um, this is what we're doing. Phone went half two. We were told, you know, position up, boys. So we did. I loaded my gun. Uh, didn't put one in the chamber. Didn't see the need. And uh, I got two mags, one in each pocket. So I basically, you know... I'd got three mags worth of bullets uh should anything untoward happen the other boys pretty much the same standard sort of routine really i mean we do, we must have done it a hundred times uh usually more often than not fuck all happened usually all that would happen is um we might see a car drive past us quite fast and uh then we'd get a phone call saying okay done it's ended Oh, right, okay, fuck all, great. Uh, On this occasion, that wasn't quite the case. In fact, the stories that I tell are usually when that's not quite the case. But trust me, there were many, many times when we sat in car parks, we sat in fucking bus shelters, we sat looking at the front doors of B&Bs for hours and hours and hours, and fuck all would happen. Uh, anyway, um, so we got ourselves down to where this place was. Two entrances, right? Uh, and they were both on the same road. So you can imagine you've got a a road. It's not a single track road. It's what we call an A road in Britain. So it's a bit shit. Um, the Americans would probably call it a single track road, size of their cars. But in the UK, we call it an A road. There's just enough room to pass another car on the other side. And um, two entrances. One, we parked a little bit of a cutout, lay-by-ish type thing. Um, probably, ooh, probably 100 yards before the first entrance. Uh, another one of our cars, my mates, were in another car, probably 200 yards the other way, past the next entrance. And... Uh, I'm in the car with my mate Andy, right? Uh, and there's... I nearly said his fucking name then. <laughs> Don't say his name. Um, Andy's not this guy's real name, by the way, although it does sound a lot like that. But... Um, and it's not Dandy. So anyway, it, me and Andy, and let's call this guy... Let's call this guy... Bill. 
All right, because I've just read it off the telly. Somebody's called somebody called Bill is on the telly. So anyway, so Bill and Andy are with me. Um, <laughs> Bill's driving. I'm in the back, and Andy's in the passenger seat, and. We're sitting there, we're waiting, and probably we're there for an hour. And I phoned the other car, and they phoned back. And there were four of them in that car, uh, only three of us in ours. But, um, you know, off it went. Um, the phone. And uh, it was the boys in the other car saying, something's going down, something's going down. I said, well, we can't see anything. He said, no, no, it's something going down. Open your fucking window. So I opened the window and you could hear vague, muffled shots coming from the direction of the estate. Now, that was weird because we hadn't seen anybody go in. All right. And we hadn't seen anybody come out. Now, usually in these things, you might see a nice set of beamers or, you know, a couple of Audis or so, something like that. Going, or Mercs, actually. It was Mercs or Beamers in those days. But you'd see a couple of cars with the the family. The family's enforcers would be in these cars. And uh, then something would happen. Then the cars would come out at a rapid rate of knots. Well, we didn't see anything going. And you could hear it just like, And I was like, Bill, turn the fucking radio down. And he turned the radio down. And then we all started listening. And there was three or four more. And we're thinking, well, that could be fucking anything. Is that, is that gunfire? Is that gunfire? Or are they fucking using a, some sort of heavy machinery or something? It could be a, could be a printing works using stamp, big stamping machines. It could be anything. And there was no, we were listening for a pattern and there was no pattern. And anyway, we kind of sat there and I um, I pulled my uh, piece out and said, uh, if it is going down, let's just get ready for it. And the next thing we know, a transit van came out of the entrance. Now, we hadn't seen it. Although we'd heard it, we hadn't seen it because he had his lights off and there was no fucking lighting on the entrance on the the road that led into this industrial estate. All of a sudden, he turned his lights on last minute and then came out of this turning, which was onto this A road, and he didn't fucking make the turning. He was just going way too fast, way too fast. And he, he kind of, the back end of this thing kind of slid. And the van went in the ditch, opposite side of the road. Now, they're in front of us. They're probably 100 yards away in front of us. We've got the lights off. There's no light in our car. They don't know we're there. But we could see them. Or we could see their lights anyway. And... Then there was a lot of door banging and, you know, various other bits of noise was going on. And we, we were kind of apprehensive, but we, we weren't instructed to do anything. There wasn't, 
There wasn't a standing instruction to say if a van comes out and crashes, go and shoot the people who were driving it. We hadn't got any of that to go by. So um, we just sat in the car. Another van came out a lot slower this time. And you heard doors opening, doors being slammed shut of this van. And then the van came in our direction. Well... As soon as the van's headlights caught the reflectors on our headlights or the front end of our car, once they knew we were there, that van hit its fucking brakes. And I mean, if you weren't expecting it, mate, you'd have been through the front window. Honestly, it it hit its brakes with such a a force that you could see the tyre smoke coming up from the front of the vehicle, past the headlights. Number of guys got out the back. We heard the doors opening. And then the next thing we know, all fucking hells broke loose. And they they just completely released every fucking bullet they'd got in their possession in our direction or in the direction of the car. And it just seemed, it just seemed really weird. We did, there wasn't any instruction to us that this could happen. And nine times out of ten, nine and a half times out of ten, we would be warned that something like this might happen. And if it happens, you do this. Planning for these things was always absolutely next generation. It was fucking brilliant. So we couldn't understand We didn't have time to understand why these fucking guys are unloading on us. And my first thought was, are they our guys? Are they our guys? Have they been in there, robbed a fucking place, come out, spotted the car and got drawn the wrong conclusion? But and then they thought, no, they can't, because if there are guys, they would have been they would have been told, surely, that there's two cars, one either side. It was weird. We just hadn't received any instruction. We didn't... It's hard to explain, really, but we didn't know why we were there. I mean, usually in a case like that, the instruction would have been um, a vehicle will pull out at speed. Your job is to block the road to stop any more vehicles from pulling out or something along those lines. But there there was nothing... We were waiting for the instruction via mobile phone, of course. And we knew we had a signal because we'd been phoning each other. Uh, me and the car, you know, 200 yards down with my mates in it. So it was, it was all a bit crazy. It was all a bit crazy. Well, we'd already got the windows uh, down on our car uh, because we were listening for noises. So we just fucking opened up. You know, uh, we had guns at the ready anyway, and I emptied my first mag in the direction of the van. I hit that van fuck knows how many times, but you could see the sparks. Because it was night or very early hours, and it was relatively still dark, well, it was still dark, you, you could see the sparks from the bullet hitting the van. You could see that. 
Well, like I was shooting. Um, Bill was shooting. Andy was shooting. And I said, slam it in reverse. Get the fuck out of here. And um, <laughs> we went to do that. And the car wouldn't start. And it's not as if it even tried to start. It just didn't. He turned the key and fuck all happened. Now, I'm in the back wondering why he hasn't fucking started the car. I could see him fiddling around with the key. And then he just turned to us and he went, car's fucked. Well, fuck me. Then we heard a shitload. And bear in mind that this all happened in 30 seconds. I got my next mag in and I'm back out the window shooting at the van. I stopped. They're shooting at us. I could hear that. I stopped because I'd emptied another mag. The other two boys happened to do exactly the same thing and all three of us at the same time went to reload. And then we hear loads and loads of gunshots and it sounded different to the gunshots that were heading in our direction they sounded further away and immediately I twigged our boys my mates in the other car have cotton what's happening and they're fucking shooting at the van well we must have taken fucking hell 50 rounds into our car at least we we've got our heads down the back window's gone the windscreen's fucked the front of the car's mashed um it, it's just stupid just completely stupid but i guess guessing from their point of view they didn't have an awful lot to aim at because they couldn't see us in the lay-by ish that we were in which would have been obscured by some bushes so their aim was going to be well off well the only thing that we could do I thought was get to the other car regroup so what I said to the boys was we get the fuck out go left into the field Go 200 yards down, quiet as you can, regroup with the boys. And whilst I'm saying this, I'm trying to phone the other car. And I'm getting nowhere. Now the fucking phone decides to have no signal. We got out, we got in the field, we very quietly started heading in the direction of the second car. And it, it was just absolutely stupid. The next thing we knew, we'd been spotted. And I don't know whether it was a question of they had the same idea as at the time we had the idea, but they'd also gone over the fence and into the field so that they could flank us, which was a bit mad. Well, at that point, it's all mono a mono, isn't it? It's um, it's fucking dark, completely dark. And you can hear rustling in front of you. You can see shapes and outline. 
and your eyes slowly adjust to that level of uh, darkness. But, fuck me. Well, anyway, um, Andy and Bill ran back towards, um, <clears throat> towards our car. Or maybe they were going further, I don't know. But either way, I was in front of them and I didn't see them run. And so I thought they'd hit the deck. So I hit the deck. Big mistake. Next thing, I'm hearing footsteps coming towards me. I don't know who the fucking hell it is. And then guess what? My fucking phone rang. Oh, for fuck's sake. All of a sudden, now I've got a fucking signal. My fucking phone rang. Well, absolutely unbelievable. They started shooting in the direction of the noise. And I started running. Um, now, the first thing you came across in this field was a big fuck-off electricity pylon. Really big bastard. And I kind of skirted under it and around it a bit, give it a slight... I mean, it wasn't going to give me any cover. It wasn't. But I'm now running parallel to where this road was. Sorry, parallel. Perpendicular to where the road was. I'm heading for the woods. And um, next thing I know, uh, I'm hearing footsteps behind me. I'm hearing running behind me. I'm hearing shouting. I'm hearing noises, but none of it is sinking in. I thought, I've got to put these guys off. I turned and emptied probably my remaining four bullets from that mag. Maybe less. I don't know. And that's it. I'm out. I brought three three mags with me. I've done all three mags. I'm fucked. And then... Bang! And I felt the most... Ridiculous thing. It honestly felt... Like... Somebody had put an ice cube down my trousers. Because all of a sudden, there was a very sharp feeling of either hot or cold. I couldn't tell which. And it felt wet. And I'm like, shit. I turn, start running towards the field. Now, at this point, I know I've been shot in the dick. I know. And the only thing that occurs to me is, have I still got a dick? Or is it just lying around, flopping around in me fucking undies? Well, I didn't have time to think about it. I carried on running towards the woods. I got uh, as far as the first set of trees, hid behind a tree, and I stopped. At this point, I could feel the blood running down my leg. 
down my thigh, down into my trainer, and my jeans just felt fucking soaking. Well, I don't even want to think about it. I mean, I I genuinely couldn't comprehend that. I, I couldn't give that any thought at that point. And I carried on going through the woods. And instead of uh, carrying on straight, I turned left. Uh, because I knew that that way, three miles, was Leamington Spa. And that there was a village kind of between us and them. Now, if I can get to Leamington, I know people in Leamington. There are people I could just turn up at their houses in my shot condition and they would look after me as opposed to calling the fucking cops. All I've got to do is get to Leamington. And I've still got my mobile phone with me. Now, laugh if you like. Laugh if you like. It was a different era. But in those days, we had pouches on our belts where we kept our mobile phones. <laughs> they were like mobile phone holsters. Um, and mine was in its holster. So anyway, I, I was tired. Um, I was knackered. My gun was out. I'd holstered it. I'd got my shoulder holster on at that time. Um, I stopped at one point to see if I could hear anything, anyone. Couldn't hear anything. Kind of figured that's it. They've given up. They've fucked off. Good. I'm out. And I started to make my way uh, along the tree line. Didn't know the tree line curved. <laughs> and I think I'm walking in a straight line. And I'm walking in a fucking semicircle. I'm not heading towards Leamington anymore, that's for sure. I don't know where the fuck I am. And came across a huge fucking gate with a uh, farmer's field one side at the end of the woods and farmer's field the other side. And I'm thinking, how, how far's a mile? Thinking, how far's a mile? Because I must have gone over a mile all right i've got two miles to go so the other side of this field in theory i should hit leamington or the village one of them and i carried on walking and i walked pool possibly don't know maybe 200 yards into this and uh i hear rustling behind me and i'm thinking the fucking hell's that Jesus Christ, it's them. Shit. And I dip down. And I've got my head just over the grass. And I'm looking. And I'm listening. And I'm looking for the shadow. And I'm listening for the noise. And then a fucking fox ran straight past me. Little bastard! Oh, fuck! I was... Oh. I was ready to cry. I was ready to cry. I'm pretty sure at that point I had no dick. And I've just been scared shitless by a fox. I may have just shit myself. I've lost my dignity. <laughs> well, I got 
um, the other end of the farmer's field and uh, couldn't see anything. There was a gate and another farmer's field. Great. So I went across and started to walk into this farmer's field and then kind of realised that potentially ah, I'd taken a wrong turn somewhere. And so I tried to use my cunning and work out where the moon was. Fucking bright idea, dickhead. I knew where the moon was when we were parked in the car. And if the moon was roughly in the same fucking position, or it was in the position I thought it would be, if I'm going in the opposite direction, then it should be fine. And it was completely the wrong fucking place. And I tried to work out, well, if the moon's there, and I was going, oh, fucking hell. I even contemplated trying to read the stars, but I didn't have a fucking clue what I was doing there either. And then I could see it. Very distant. Very faint. There was a slight lightness as if the sun was rising. And it was way too early for the sun to rise. It was if it was if the sun's gonna rise in about an hour and you get that little glow over the horizon. That's gotta be Leamington. That's gotta be the lights in Leamington. Never so glad was I for light pollution in my life. And um, I headed off in that direction. I've got about, um, God knows, mile, two miles. And I started to think about my cock and life without it. And could they reattach it? And all of these things that kept me alert and awake kept running through my head. How do you reattach a cock? What's a cock made of? There's no, uh, there's no bone in it, is there? It's all muscle. It's all muscle and blood vessels. Fucking hell, it's all blood vessels. So if I fucked a blood vessel... I might not be able to get a bone on again. Shit. And this is my thinking. I'm stood there, catching my breath, thinking about whether or not they could attach my dick. And I hadn't, at this point, remember, put my hand down my trousers. I knew that if I did that, and something came off in my hand, then I'd have just fucking lost it and stayed there and died. Well, after contemplating my dick for a little while, I carried on walking, and I carried on walking, and then, what the fuck should happen? My phone rang. I had tried to use that phone 50 times between the woods and where I'd been, or where I ended up, no signal. 
but my fucking phone rang. And as it happens, it was Andy. Where are you? I don't know. Now you got to tell me, okay? I'll come and get you. Andy? What? I've been shot in the dick. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> you what? I've been shot in the dick, Andy. Oh, God. The very words brought tears to my eyes. I couldn't, I could barely bring myself to say it. I said, I need a medic. And then I heard him say, He's been shot in the dick. He's been what? <laughs> Fucking don't have a conversation about it. Get me some help. Oh, God. He said, right, where are you? I said, I think I'm in Farmer's Fields. I said, I'm heading, heading towards... Leamington or the village, but there's light pollution. I can see some lights in the distance at this point. And, uh, as soon as I see a marker, I will fucking phone you. Head to Leamington, warn the warn the boys. I'm going to need a medic, and uh, you know, just fucking come and get me. So, at that point, just so I put the phone down. It started to rain. And God did it rain. The heavens opened. Now, I was already freezing cold due to the nature of the blood that had flown down my leg. Um, which initially was quite pleasant, to be frank. It was quite warm, but soon turned cold and was pretty fucking horrible at this point, and very sticky, I might add. Who knew blood would be that sticky? But it was. So, it rained, and I started to get wet. And that made my progress a lot slower. Well, I finally got to a gate. Over the gate, there was a road. I could see a road. Now, the farmer's gate was probably about five metres in. Uh, and that's obviously so that the farmer has somewhere to park his tractor off the road while he opens the gate. I got over the gate. I very gingerly got over the gate. I went to go to the road and a car drove past. Doing what cars always do on country roads, drive way too fucking fast. I'm absolutely convinced he didn't see me, but what he did was drive through the biggest puddle of fucking mud ever and soaked me from head to foot. Well, I tell you what, boys and girls, at this point, I am fucking suicidal. I am at the point where I am ready to give up on life. Nothing else can happen to me. Nothing. I am soaking wet. I've got blood all over my all over me. I am covered head to foot in fucking mud. And I've been shot in the dick. How worse can it get? Other side of the road maybe 10 yards up or so, was a turn-in. 
and there was a road sign <clears throat> and the road sign told me where I was and I took out my phone and I as I was reaching for my phone I'd given up all hope on life at this point I thought I'm not going to get a signal even if there is a signal my battery is going to be dead if my battery is not dead all this water is going to short the fucking thing out I just knew everything was going to go wrong but I pushed the buttons and I made the phone call and I told the boys where I was It probably took uh, 10 minutes. And it just incidentally, I was nowhere fucking near Leamington Spa. Closer to fucking Kenilworth than I was Leamington. Fuck's sake. Anyway, car pulls up. I get in the back. The boys are extremely concerned. And then Bill offers to have a look. No, Bill. No. I don't want to know, mate. I don't want to know. It's like Ken. Ken, you might have lost your dick. I, yeah, I know this. I know this. Yeah, but... Yeah, but what? What are you going to fucking do? What are you going to do if you have a look at it and it falls, in, it falls off and lands on the floor? What are you going to fucking do? You sure you don't want me to look? Yes, I'm fucking sure I don't want you to look at my dick. Now fucking good drive for fuck's sake. It took us um, probably 25 minutes. Um, the family's medic was on standby at the warehouse. Um, we drove up, gates opened. We went in. And uh, they came out with a wheelchair. Um, I got in the wheelchair, they wheeled me in. There was a table they'd thrown a cloth over. They lay me down on this table. There's a doctor there who was on the family's payroll. Um, and he uh, had with him another bloke and then somebody dressed like a nurse, although I, I really think she looked more like a fucking cleaner to me. But there you go. And they started with the scissors cutting my jeans off. And then they cut my pants off. And I expected somebody to pick it up and fucking show it to me. But no. Doctor leaned over with his mask on. And he said, good news. Really? He said, you haven't been shot in the dick. Oh my God, the relief. The relief. Oh man, it was like the weight of the world had been lifted off my shoulders. So I said, well, what's going on? He said, you've been shot in your scrotum. I've been fucking what now? Your sack. You've been shot in the sack. Oh, great. So now I've got no balls and I'm never going to have kids. Nope. He said, I count two of them. Although he said one of them 
isn't in the sack anymore. Oh, fuck. You know how... Uh, you know how um, somebody... Oh, you kids won't know this. Sorry. Um, there used to be a thing where people would run their nails down a chalkboard and everyone would cringe. Uh, it's It's that icy feeling when you... You watch the internet, you lads. When you see that skateboarder try and make that set of steps and he doesn't quite make it and he lands sideways and his arm's in the wrong place, you know, that sort of cringiness. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, give me an injection. And then all I could hear was murmurs. The injection... I don't know what the fuck it was, morphine, whatever. But the injection was just starting to take hold. And the words I heard before before I became unconscious, I'm just going to pop this back in. Oh, fuck. Uh, when I woke up, I was um, in a house and uh, the back, of, I was in a bed. Um, there were various bits of medical equipment around me. And this was, this was one of the safe houses the family had. I don't know how many of these things they did have. I only ever saw this one of them. But... Um, Basically, it, it was a normal house, but one of the rooms had been converted to be a um, hospital room. And there were monitors and drips and all sorts of things. The whole place was tiled white. Um, it could serve as an operating room, I'm sure. It was an emergency room for anyone that had been sort of in need of medical attention in a hurry, I would guess. Um, and that was me. Well, when I woke up, um, there's a there's a guy stood there, and he just he was in a suit. I mean, he just looked completely out of place. And I said, "Where am I?" And he said, uh, "You're safe." And he got up, went out doctor came back in with a nurse who still looked like a fucking cleaner by the way and um, he said okay uh, fairly simple we've stitched everything back up uh, we checked the quality of the testes to make sure that um, there was no damage oh bastard do you know it's hurting my balls talking about this? And um, everything seems fine. And I said, so let me just get this straight. Somebody has shot me and it has missed my dick, my balls, and gone through the middle. Oh, no, he said. No, 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 no. I said, well, what is it then? He said, well, if you want a medical opinion, 
I think you were hit by shrapnel. Fucking shrapnel. Now, that would make sense because the noises on that electricity pylon as they were being hit by bullets were quite distinctive and very fucking loud. And I do remember hearing those. And by the look of it, a tiny bit of fucking bullet, tiny little bit, had ripped open my sack. And then I'd done the rest because I ran away. Had I have just put my hand down my trousers, grabbed my balls, held them in position and ran that way, everything would have been fine. But I made it a whole lot worse because I just let them fucking hang there. Well, at least I kind of hadn't been shot in the dick. I'd been shrapneled in the sack. So maybe I should change the title of this video. Just shrapneled in the sack. It took, um, I was there for, Christ, 24 hours on the morphine drips and stuff. I had actually lost quite a bit of blood because um, it had nicked uh, some blood vessel or something. I don't fucking know. But I dripped blood everywhere. So um, they didn't give me a transfusion. Um, but they did put me on a drip. 24 hours later, I'm back at the flat. And uh, the boys came to get me. Um, I turned up at the flat. I was there an hour. member of the family turned up. And he said that uh, he, he just wanted to apologise because everything had gone completely fucking tits up. They tried to phone me to give me instruction half a dozen times, but they couldn't get a signal. I said, yeah, I know the fucking feeling. And um, he was very grateful uh, and quite relieved that I hadn't been seriously injured. So... Uh, he left an envelope on the on the table. A little bit of a bonus in there for you boys. Oh, also, I've got a box for you downstairs. So, one of the boys went downstairs, opened the boot, and uh, he'd very kindly replaced all the bullets um, that we'd used, which were a lot. Now, talking to the boys that were in the other car, they reckoned the van from where they were sat the van first van came out crashed but it didn't crash it kind of fell over into the ditch so the guys got out the back of it all of the guys got out the back of it the second van came they all got in the back of the second van said so, and then it sped off and then all of a sudden fucking brake lights and the back doors opened and these guys got out and started shooting at something. And it took them a minute to twig that they were fucking shooting at us. So they then started shooting from the back. Once the people in the van knew that they were being hit from both sides, they went in the field. Where we went. Fuck's sake. And basically... 
the rest is history. Um, our boys backed off because they did get a phone call and they just did instant 360 fucking off down the road. The van fucked off. I don't even know what these guys were doing or, or what it was all about. I just haven't got a fucking clue. Never did know. Didn't want to know, to be honest, after that. But, as the member of the family said, you maybe want to have a little word with your boys. And I said, how do you mean? What do you mean? He said, you never, you never fucking leave somebody isolated like that. He said, none of my team would have ever done that. He said, your boys should have stayed with you. And when they realised you weren't with them, they should have fucking come back for you. Well, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. There's a thing about being shot at. It's not fucking pleasant. Well, um, I don't know who said it first, but that night when uh, the rest of the boys turn up and the girls turn up and they've all got, you know, flowers, chocolates, fucking grapes, funny fuckers. Um, and the grapes... They're kind of holding them between their teeth, just two of them. Yeah. And they're laughing and joking about it, and everyone's having a laugh. And then I think it was one of the girls that said it first. Does that make you famous now? How do you mean? Well, use a womble, innit? Oh, fucking hell, womble. As in the Wombles of Wimbledon. I had it for months. Months. Fucking strangers were calling me Womble. Oh my God. Members of the family were calling me Womble. I could... Oh God. I still had two balls. I just got to cut down my dick. Down my sack. Well, um, very good reason why I'm recanting this story now. It was fate. It was complete fate. I was at a um, uh, medical uh, basic checkup for everything. And um, the the guy, because I'm diabetic, you get all sorts of problems in, the, in your life. And the guy um, said to me, oh, you've got a bit of scarring down here. How did that happen? <laughs> And I just felt like saying, just fuck off. <laughs> Please don't ask me how that happened. And so I thought, no, no, Ken, that is the wrong attitude. You have to exercise this demon. You have to talk about this. Oh, God, it was traumatic. I would rather have lost an arm than a fucking dick. Oh, it was bad. I can laugh about it now and I can find it funny now but fuck me it took years <laughs> oh god and the first girl I slept with after after it had happened and it was months 
before I slept with her. And she was she was like, "Are you sure it's gonna be all right?" <laughs> Fucking cow! Oh God! Life full and varied. I wouldn't change it for the world. Right. So this has been Ken. This has been one of the forgotten podcasts. This has been Shot in the Dick. I'll see you on the dark side. Take care. Welcome to the world of digital sound. Shut it down. All systems.